We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffen. Today, I am joined by the Travis Scott fanboy, Taylor Peterson. So I'm on my phone today uh, with my headset, and if I had the laptop, I was going to be playing the album in the background while you were doing this, but unfortunately. Fortunately, it didn't work out that way. But anyways, Astro World. I uh, I listened to it at the gym the other day. It was, I mean, yeah. I, I I didn't get too far into it. But it seemed all right. It seemed all right. Yeah. I am also joined by the guy who cusses more at Crash Bandicoot remake than anything else in life, Gomi Armarabian. That game is really, it's really hard, man. I mean, like Crash Bandicoot. It's like, so you have Crash Bandicoot, and then you have some random the the woman with Crash Bandicoot cooter and God. then it's just it's not it's a good it's a good game it's just frustrating as hell the depth like we found this out last night the the depth on that game is so hard to judge it's it's infuriating yeah well we have a lot to talk about in the podcast today the thunder preseason schedule is out the thunder have also hired a new coach for billy donovan's staff 
Stephen Adams' book for some people is out. For some people, apparently you can't get it till October. So that's kind of weird. But we got some quotes yeah. from Stephen Adams' book. We have the Thunder working out in, at UCLA in Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. Let's say Las Vegas. Los Angeles. The Africa game where TLC played. And lots of stuff around the, around the association to talk about. Plus, take your Twitter questions. So let's just dive in head first. I'm going to throw it over to Kamiar who's going to break down what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Thunder added a new coach to their, to their staff, and his name is Bob's Burgers. Uh, Bob Beyer. Bob Beyer uh, to Billy Donovan's coaching staff. And real, realistically, he coached a ton in college. He was never a head coach unless it, you count Siena College or Siena University. He was an assistant in multiple places, including at Texas Tech under Bobby Knight which is pretty cool. Bobby. I bet he can throw a hell of a chair. Yeah, I bet he could. <laughs> he had brief stints as an assistant in Toronto. Um, he had one under Stan Van Gundy in Orlando in 2008, I believe. He had another brief stint with the Warriors in 2012 when they were building that thing that they have now. Then in 2014, and until re- recently, he was under Stan Van Gundy again in Detroit with the Pistons and Reggie Jackson. So how do you guys feel about this addition to the staff? Well, they definitely needed to add somebody after they lost Adrian Griffin. Adrian, um, yeah. They've also lost Royale Ivy this summer. So, you know, needing to make more additions. Um, admittedly, I don't know much about Bob Byer. Uh, it just makes me think of Will Byers from Stranger Things. And so uh, maybe he uh, he can tap into the upside down. I don't know. But um, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on this. Um, I don't even know if this guy's more of an offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach. What he's I saw do. a tweet about this week, and I just I, – I wish I had it. I, I should have screenshot it or something. But uh, I, I think they were talking more – he's supposed to be a little more of a defensive uh, defensive coach That possibly. would make sense because Adrian Griffin um, which was more sense. of a, a defensive guy. Defensive-minded, so. yeah. So hopefully that's the case. And, you know, he's been with Stan Van Gundy for, what, four years now. So yep. that's probably a good sign. Um, he, he's had some, some years on – Van Gundy and I, I like Van Gundy as a coach. So yeah, and of, people forget. Sorry, go ahead. Forget that Adrian Griffin was the lead assistant coach for Billy Donovan. So it's not like you're replacing a that's peripheral a piece. You're replacing somebody that's like your right hand man. So yeah. you're going to go from Adrian Griffin, who's now with the Raptors, who was not assuming he would have Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. So he's going to have a hell of a defensive team. And uh, then you have Bob Byer, who was with Stan Van Gundy and Reggie Jackson in Detroit, where you know that was kind of a mess the past few years. Yeah. Now, what's interesting that you mentioned that, Kamiar, like we haven't heard if Bob Byer is going to be the lead assistant or not. So I wonder if he will or if they're going to promote somebody from within up to the lead assistant spot and then put Bob Byer further down on the on the bench. You know, that would be kind of an interesting development that we see moving forward is – is how that bench kind of gets shuffled around a bit. Mo Cheeks. Let's bring him up. Yeah, I, th- that that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all to bring Mo Cheeks yeah, up. They, Speaking yeah. of uh, Stan Van Gundy, though, this is something I've always found kind of interesting, and this is a little bit off topic, but for a while there, Stan Van Gundy up in Detroit was not only the head coach, but also like the president of basketball operations and like the acting general manager. 
how do you guys feel about coaches that are also the general managers and, and make all the front office decisions? Do, do you guys like that? Do you dislike that? How do you feel about th- that dynamic that multiple coaches in the league have, have experienced? I mean, well, it's I think, like playing 2K. Yeah, very true. And I feel like we're seeing a lot of teams like start to get, go away from that. Yeah, I, I find um, it yeah, very with, like, awkward. Doc's a good example. Doc Rivers. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot like, of awkwardness. Yeah, you, you coach a guy like you in had, practice like, and in the game. <laughs> on your yeah. team. But then you, but then like behind close, like you know, on the practice court, you're like coaching this guy up and trying to make him better and telling him, you know, what you expect from him and how he's going to affect your team. But then behind closed doors, you know, you might be shopping him. And I, I just, I find it hard to like differentiate those two roles. You know, I, I have a hard right. time not seeing those two things bleed over into one another. You know, uh, Woj had a recent podcast with the who uh, new coach that they just hired from Atlanta. He's a pop kind of uh oh um disciple <laughs> why can i think like of his mike, name? mike mike bootenholzer bootenholzer yeah, that's really a bootenholzer he he actually they they he or woes talked to him about, about that specifically and <laughs> um and he kind of talked about the stress that comes with with doing both of those and and you know it, it really adds a lot of stress to the coach and kind of affects how they do their job like you just mentioned jacob so i honestly i'm not high on it and i think those should probably be separate roles i mean like at one point, you would really like to have a lot of control over your team. So if you're the coach, you can demand and you can go and seek out trades that you think that will make your team better. So, for example, Doc was stockpiling guys from the Celtics teams that he won stuff with. And that was right. cool and good for him. But at the same time, it wasn't really making the team better. It's his, it was his vision. And then you have you go over to the, to the Warriors – and they have guys that are just making the decisions for them, even though the coaches kind of bully them, like Mark Jackson bully them into making the decisions. Then you have Stan Van Gundy, where it doesn't really work out that much. In general, it doesn't work out really at all unless you're playing 2K, right? Yeah. Because it's this ability to control what's on your team, scout and trade for players that maybe you think can run your system the best. And then the next thing you know, it doesn't work out. For example, Reggie Jackson, when he got traded, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, when he got traded to the Detroit Pistons, he was like saying how happy he was and that he was finally his coach's point guard. Yeah, the next thing you know, this guy's the backup on his own team, and he's really not that big of a deal. And it's just we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I'm just curious as far as why owners let coaches do that because that's the, like like Jacob said you are trying to manipulate and you're trying to do certain things in practice and make things go the right way but at the same time behind closed doors you go back to the front office and you're trying to shop this guy around so it's kind of awkward because yep. you're probably reassuring this guy like no you're not going to be traded or you like if they ask if they're going to be traded, you're like, don't worry about it right now because <laughs> you know like something's going to happen. So it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people involved, and that would probably be a really high pressure situation, um, not really for the players, but that that's a really high pressure situation for the coach himself to keep face. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that you brought up Doc Rivers and bringing in those guys to the Clippers that you know brought him success in Boston, dude. Coach Tibbs up in Minnesota. Same exact yeah. situation, you know, just rebuilding that old Bulls team. And it's not looking good. It is the old Bulls team. It's the old Bulls team plus, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. And yep. it's not it's not working. Now, they'll, they'll pull the plug on that real quick whenever he goes and gets Luol Deng. 
Oh gosh. He goes and trades for Luol Deng. They'll they'll pull the court That would be so quick. bad. I already think they're probably going to pull the court on him because that that situation just isn't working out, but yep. Okay, sorry for that tangent. I just I just think that's an interesting <laughs> idea of the the coach/GM and like Taylor said, it seems like a lot of teams are moving away from it now. So anyways, the preseason schedule was released, and it happens from the beginning of October till about October 9th. They play versus Detroit, which is kind of, I mean, you have that notion of Russ versus Reggie, but you're more along the lines of wanting to see Dennis versus Reggie. Because yep. if Russ plays more than, you know, a quarter, I'm pissed. You just keep him, keep, keep him healthy. Because you want to see... Dennis with TLC, you want to see Dennis with Big Ham, you want to see Dennis with a couple of the other guys, and you really want to see what Patrick Patterson has to offer from the corners, now they're going to be playing better defense. Then you go at Minnesota, which will be kind of intriguing, but again, everybody's going to rest their stars, so you'll get to see Tyus Young and Dennis Schroeder, uh, Schroeder excuse me. then you play the Hawks with Trey Young back in Oklahoma, they're playing in Tulsa, I think at the BOK Center, yep. I mean, the Hawks suck. But OKC second and third lineup should be taken care of. But at the same time, you'll probably see Deontay Burton. You'll probably see uh, who the other two-way guys because Dozier went somewhere else and Hamilton actually signed a deal with Atlanta. So you actually see Hamilton, yeah. but not yeah. in OKC jersey. We, we, we one, might see Hall and we might see Hervey. You yeah. know, that's one a, more yeah, two-way two, really two spot open. So we'll see. We'll see kind of how they they go about that. And they lastly, bring Burton up, you know, well, we'll, yeah. we'll get into this in a little bit. I, I've got this in the notes, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, lastly, they'll play the bucks October 9th at home. Um, I really don't care about preseason basketball just as long as nobody gets hurt. What yeah, do you guys so think? True. I'm with you. Although that, that October 9th game versus the bucks is kind of intriguing to me because that's, that's your last preseason game. And so that's when, you know, it's a little bit less about, seeing guys that you haven't seen yet like TLC seeing what Ferg can bring seeing what Schroeder can bring and that's going to be more about like hammering out some sets some rotations some um, real lineups that's yeah, a great point really getting trying to get into a flow before the first game of the season so that October 9th game and the Bucks are going to be pretty good you know and they've got some nice length and that that October 9th game will actually be, be a pretty, good test. pretty interesting yep I think that's a really good point. I actually was going to mention that because I'm going to be completely honest. Up until ne- last this past season, I didn't really pay a whole. I mean, I went to a couple preseason games in Tulsa, and you know, I obviously kept up with it a little bit, but I didn't really pay a lot of t- attention to the detail of these games up until this past season because obviously we had Paul George and Melo. And one thing I noticed is that last preseason game, it does seem that minutes kind of ramp up and they treat it very much more like a regular season game like you said jake when it comes to lineups when it comes to sets um and like i you know mentioned a little bit ago even minutes so uh, i'm yeah that'll be really fun to see and we'll probably get our our first real taste of what the thunder are going to look like for the coming season so yeah i i'm with you commiar there's not a whole lot you can take out of preseason basketball so I am yeah, anxious I to see all those wings, though. Kind of see who yeah, separates themselves. Yeah, well, that's true. The young guys, the young guys will be a lot. That yeah, we'll get to see them. Play, that, which will be this, yeah. This is where they're going to get get a bunch of minutes and just get a chance to go out there and kind of showcase what they have. So it's going to be interesting to see like what Big Ham can do, what what Ferguson's improved on. Uh, can Deontay Burton actually play with the big boys, et cetera, et cetera? You know that that stuff will be interesting. Deontay Burton is a big boy. He dude, he's a <laughs> big boy. Who needs Zion Williamson when you have Deontay Burton? I mean, personally, I don't watch the preseason games. I don't care about the preseason games. I just hope nobody gets hurt. That's really yep. all I do. I just follow, I just follow along on Twitter. Oh gosh, I'm so not going to watch it. 
Yeah, don't don't talk about it. It's going to happen. <laughs> no. All right. Anyways, so Stephen Adams' biography came out, but only for a certain part of the Earth, and that means we have to wait till October to go get it, right? Something like that. Well, it's it, weird. Like some it's people on, have it's it. It's on iTunes right now. Yeah, but I it's not I, like it's not in bookstores. And I heard some people can't get yeah. it on iTunes. It's weird. I don't know, dude. Like I think if you pre-order really it, you can get it now. But if you didn't pre-order it, you can't get it till October. And the cover oh, okay. is just his face, which looks like a caveman. <laughs> it's <laughs> like but anyways, Drogo, Aquaman. Yeah, he has a couple of quotes. One about Jonas Valanciunas and just getting paid. One about Reggie Jackson, which I think is interesting. And one about Pop. So I'll go with the first one about Pop. And then we'll just kind of run it down. So he says, being knocked out of the finals was heartbreaking. But at the same time, I was a rookie who had been able to play a lot in an amazing playoff run with the best teams in the league. I wasn't exactly sulking. As we went through and said good luck to all the Spurs guys for their final series rematch against the Heat, I dialed in on Pop and made sure he didn't leave before I could embrace him. (laughs) When I finally got my arms around him, mate, it was beautiful. I just held that legendary man and got a quick sniff of his hair. He smelled lovely. Don't act like you wouldn't do exactly the same thing if you had the chance. That's incredible. That's such a Stephen quote. I love that so much. I know Stephen, like, I think part of this book, Stephen also talks about how he was really upset that he didn't get a workout, like a pre-draft workout with the Spurs whenever he was entering the NBA draft because he wanted to play for them so bad. And just by looking at the way Stephen approaches the game and the way he plays, like, God, he would fit in with a pop Spurs team, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, he'd be Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm glad we have him, but he would fit in so good with a pop Spurs team. I think it was Andrew Schlecht on uh, some episode that I listened to a while back of either Down to Dunk or Dream Team or something. But he actually mentioned that, you know, how Steven has the history and is on record saying how much he loves Pop and the San Antonio Spurs organization. And and that's why he said, you know, I, that's, I think that they were talking about, you know, here sometime this last season about how nobody's truly off the table except Russell Westbrook and now Paul George when it comes to trades. And he said, and he gave that as an example. He was like, at this first come calling about you know uh steven adams and you get Kawhi leonard out of it you you're probably going to take that yeah. so anyways that yeah i thought that was a really cool obviously funny quote on the surface but it, I, I think you're right i think there's a little more to it in the sense that he really values popovich and the spurs organization so yeah i think it's uh i mean it's just him being weird loving yeah. coach <laughs> coach pop i mean and his I hair don't, i i don't know if i would smell pop's hair but i won't does smell like what do you think pop's hair smells like i mean that was after a basketball game that he's been coaching with a blazer on like i that's i don't know if it would really smell great at that point you know do you think he uses and... you think he uses head and shoulders or do you think he uses some like just regular kind of shampoo for pop might... i bet it's just regular shampoo he's like a dove guy or something or like a like the guy that like has body wash and shampoo in one the two-in-one the two-in-one's yeah. always weirded me out man like you could just yeah. like take the, like the the washcloth or whatever and go from like your armpits to the top of your head. It's just kind of weird. Wait, 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 wait! You're starting at armpits and go to your face? <laughs> well, no, I mean I work. You work your way down, obviously, but still, like I'm just saying, technically you could like you could like wash your ass crack and then go straight to your head. <laughs> I don't know, man. You said armpits yeah. to the face. I feel like you know you're guilty of that. Like I'm, I mean, you just we wash. Yeah, you go head down. Mate, like that—that that can't head, be good though? for your 
That can't shut up. It can't, be good. <laughs> that can't be good for your body. Like yeah. that, the chemicals in that that allow you to wash your hair and your body. That can't be it just good doesn't for sound good. Yeah, your, your skin's gonna dry it just, out. Or it something. just isn't right, man. As no. a society, we've become so damn lazy that we have two in one head and body wash. Okay, Mister Roomba. Dude, that Roomba kicks <laughs> yeah. ass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Jacob got a Roomba, and they they. they uh. That thing was like eating my foot as soon as I walked in the door Dude, the other day. It is incredible. Like instead of me <laughs> having to to sweep the floor because my dog sheds so much, the Roomba does it while I play video games. So now, like whenever my fiance calls and says, "Have you vacuumed the floor?" I can just go press a button. Yep, taken care of. Yeah, he talks about we as a society have become so lazy that we're doing two in one, <laughs> and this dude's got a Roomba. Hey, did you know they make That's like a, a Roomba that mows your lawn? Yeah, I've seen it. Dude, so I want cool. that. That's crazy. Until it, like, eats your dog and, like, you just have, like, this bloody <laughs> mess. Also, uh, someone that's really close to the Thunder, I'm not going to name names on here. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it wouldn't matter, but I don't know if he wants me to out him. But Is it uh, is it Stinker Reporter? It is not Stinker Reporter. <laughs> okay. Um, he's he's – he... You know, put some respect on his name. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he he ran our listens up quite a bit. So shout out Stinker Reporter. Um, Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Travis. I love you. But uh, he said that his friend bought a Roomba, and their dog <laughs> it on the floor while they were out, <laughs> and the Roomba Dude. ran as normal, and it just slung it <laughs> all over the house. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Like he said, it was an isolated uh, mess, you know, just like a pile of crap in the floor. <laughs> and they came home, and like there was like shit on the walls, and like shit smeared all over the carpet, and <laughs> just everywhere. Yuck! Yeah. So literally, I uh, got to make sure my dogs don't crap on the floor because that would be awful. All right. Anyways, talking about pieces of shit. Uh, Stephen Adams. <laughs> Stephen Adams also had a quote about Reggie Jackson, <clears throat> and this is interesting. He says, "When Russ came back from injury, was that the injury when he broke his hand dunking on the rim?" Is that uh, it? I'm really not sure. I think that was the second I knee scope. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I don't know. We'll look back at it. But when Russ came back from injury and took up the starting spot again, Reggie wasn't happy. We were just looking at him thinking, you've got to become some kind of fool to seriously think you could be starting over Russ. But that's exactly what he thought. And that kind of thinking went against everything the Thunder was about. Yes, we competed in practice and fought for the starting positions. But once the actual game starts, we all do whatever is required of us, no matter how much or how little. He says, when the trade deadline got near, we knew Reggie would never want to, excuse me, we knew Reggie wanted to leave. And because we knew he wanted to leave, we wanted him, we wanted him to leave as well. Why would we want to work every day with someone who wanted to be somewhere else? When he was finally traded to the Detroit Pistons, we forgot about him pretty quickly because we had new guys to welcome to the team. Jeez. That's uh, that's yeah. a good quote. I think that kind of sums up how the entire team felt. I mean, yeah. I, I remember that trade deadline day very vividly because Darnell Mayberry was still covering the team. And I remember after morning shoot-around at about 10.30, I was at work, and I checked Twitter, and Darnell had a quote from Russell, uh, and Russell said, they asked him something about trade deadline day and if he worries about it, and Russ said, no, only one guy on this team wants to be traded away, so get rid of him, or something like to that effect. And I was he, like, oh. He said only one yeah. guy in the, yeah, he said only one guy in the locker room doesn't want to be here. 
And I was like, well, Reggie Jackson won't be on this team for more than five more hours. And so I knew that trade deadline was going to be an interesting one. It's just, and this is the way the NBA thought too, which is like, dude, you really expect to, to have Russ come off the bench or like maybe not start over Russ, but the, the starting like play alongside or him or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But that's not the way the team is set up and you're not that great of a defender. And it's and you're getting closing minutes a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a pretty bad situation. The only thing I, that was a good quote from Steve. The only thing I really liked from Reggie Jackson was when OKC was on the ropes against Memphis and that dude scored like, I don't know how many points to have. That was incredible. Yeah, I think he scored streets. 30 that game. That was like the it, it changed the the momentum in the series. You know, we were able to bring it back home and get another win. And I mean, yeah. that was huge. He saved that series. Now, speaking of that Reggie Jackson quote, though, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but after that trade, Royce wrote a big article about Reggie Jackson, and that was the year that like everyone was hurt, and we brought in Sebastian Telfair and um, Perry Jones Ish was Smith. playing a bunch, and we brought in Ish Smith. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Earlier on in the season, like game three or four, um, Reggie was was hurt, and reporters at shootaround asked him if he was going to play, and he said no, he was still out because he didn't feel right, and then he walked away from the reporters in the practice gym and went over and threw on a windmill dunk. Do you guys remember that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he was pouting because like he didn't get traded before the season started, and so the next game was that game where like. Perk ran point guard for like three straight possessions and we were all watching I think it was in Brooklyn we were all like what the hell is going on Perk get rid of the basketball and then later on we found out that it was because they were like freezing Reggie Jackson out because he was being such a yep that was that was was a mess yeah it happens but shout out to uh, shout out to Steven that's another solid quote I dig that and then Another big quote that came out, which is one of my favorites, probably my favorite, which is really funny. He's uh, He says, perhaps my new signing was a boost to my confidence because I decided to properly respond to trash talk for the first and last time. Jonas Valanciunas from the Raptors was ripping into me all game, totally aggro. That's such <laughs> I a really Stephen like word. That he said. Yeah, I like the way he said that. Uh. He says, when he asked for a fight for the hundredth time, I finally turned to him and said, you don't want to mess with me. You use a knife and fork to eat your food. I use my hands. He says <laughs> he didn't know how to respond to that because it was so dumb, but it got him to shut up for a while, so I guess it worked. I decided to retire from trash talking after that game and go out on a win. That is incredible. That is awesome. My favorite go part of that is when he said he was totally aggro. <laughs> that is a, such a Steven turn. And then he said he tried to fight for the hundredth time. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys believe this? Do you think that that Adams doesn't talk trash anymore on the court? I've I, seen him chirp a little bit. I don't know if it's trash as much as it is just like, you know, shut up. I mean, <laughs> you that, don't want to do this. But Is that the same game that he went to go basically annihilate C.J. Williams? Or was that, a, was that the Clippers? That was the Clippers, yeah. Whenever he oh, ran to the other yeah. side of the walking, court. Yeah, he was like limp running down the court. He was about to kick his ass. Dude, that was <laughs> awesome. Like so, that I, I awesome. that makes me that think he cool. still talks a little bit of trash. One of my favorite Adams trash right. talk story is, uh, and Kamiar is the one that always brings this up. Is whenever Adams first got into the league and KG tried to talk trash to him, and Adams just acted like he didn't speak English. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah, no English, no English. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's pretty funny stuff. Awesome. Pretty funny stuff. But yeah, I'm really excited to buy that Stephen Adams biography. It seems like it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, staying on that quote just for for one minute longer. Who do you guys think on this Thunder roster talks the best trash? Probably Russ. Ooh, that's tough. I yeah, I, I, I think if we're going as far as like volume, like how much trash they talk, I think Russ probably talks the most. And I, I might give him the nod for the best trash talk, but I, I definitely would say Russ talks the most trash because that guy's always chirping. True. I, I that and I think PG. I think he. We hear him talking off and on. I uh, I, he, I just like to imagine that um, that Ray Felton talks some good trash. <laughs> that would be great. I'm gonna cook w- you that like really that good. rack of ribs I cooked last night, boy. I mean, if you talk if you talk trash to Dennis Shooter, you're just gonna beat the. Do with his four of his other friends. That's true. <laughs> so he goes straight from zero to one hundred real quick. But anyways, you guys want to talk about the workout videos we saw at UCLA? Yes. Yeah, that was exciting. That made me, dude. I've never watched an eight-minute clip of pickup hoops as intently <laughs> as I watched that eight-minute video of pickup hoops. I mean, does it even matter every realistically? Detail. It doesn't right, matter. That's a thing. No, no but nobody's, it was nobody's playing defense. Yeah, nobody's playing right. defense. Kyle, Kyle Singler was involved. <laughs> the, the one highlight of Singler was him dribbling twice and then not knowing what the hell to do with the ball and turning and just like passing it back to an actual competent basketball player. <laughs> God, hey, be... in his defense, he hasn't done it in a while. So I mean, hold up. What's today's date? The fifth. He will be gone in roughly f- 25, two, 26 three, days. Three weeks ish. Yep. About three weeks. Three and a half weeks. So. Interesting. What's up? But yeah, I, I did. I mean, I, I did like the obviously the camaraderie around it all, you know, bringing in like Schroeder and uh, after he's got traded and uh, who else? Burton was there. That yep. dunk that he threw down yeah. was incredible. Yeah, where yeah he was oh going up with a lefty gosh. finger roll and pulled it back around and yammed it. Dude, that thing and was sick. he wears sick. the mask just like Russ did when he was hurt. Oh, that's, that was so, fun. The first day. I'm excited he- for him. The first day they just had Devin Hall, they had Ferguson, they had uh, Big Ham, but then the second day was when the one I cared about because they had PG. You had again Ferguson was back. You had Dennis Schroeder, you had Stephen Adams, and then so th- that, that that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm interested in seeing what they have. And Deontay Burton was there, and I think Deontay Burton. If you're talking about rookies. Technically, he's not a rookie because he played in Korea, and for a racist rule, he couldn't play in Korea anymore. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I think out of, like, you're talking about Hervey, Diallo, Devin Hall, maybe, like, Ferguson's not a rookie. He's a sophomore, but if you count, like, the years they've been playing Still professionally, a young guy. Yeah. if you count professional years, both Burton and Ferguson have the same. Actually, no, Ferguson has another year on him because he played in Australia. Yeah. But Deontay sure. Burton goes undrafted. I feel like there's certain aspects in which Deontay Burton is going to get more playing time than Ferguson. I think Burton actually will get some burn on this team, and it's not out of the realm of him getting a guaranteed spot. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say, if that does so they have him on this two-way to try it out, and if he's getting consistent minutes and shows that you know he can be a, a big part of the team, then I think you're exactly right. They'll use that last ro- roster spot. Rather than saving it for tra- uh, trade deadline, they'll probably go ahead and sign him with it. So. Is there anything you can really take away from these videos just other than just being excited. It's like it's like so for example, football season in Oklahoma is ramping up and I'm getting excited as shit. 
Like, yep. it's August. The first football game is in about three weeks. And there's a lot uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of, like, pent-up aggression waiting to be unleashed for football players, but also probably the fans and the stands. And so, like, it's like when you're seeing them do the Oklahoma drill, or, like you're seeing players do certain drills for camp. And you get really, really excited. So, of course, basketball season starts a little bit later. But anything of professional basketball that you're seeing of this new team gelling together, you're probably going to get excited. But does right. it really mean anything? Not really. Not much, no. yeah. Particularly, like yeah. you said, it's a, right, it's a pickup game. And it's highlights of a pickup game. Yeah. And highlights are exactly that. You know, they're, they aren't going to show Schroeder missing a three-pointer yeah. or, or Russ missing a dunk. You know, it's... It, but regardless, I, I think you're right. It's it's cool to see them working together, and obviously in the the drought of the off season, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, it gives us something to kind of analyze and to get us excited and get us by until the season starts. So, so what'll what'll make me angry is that people always talk about in the in the media. They always talk about Damian Lillard. He invites the entire team out to San Diego, and they go and they. They have a team bonding experience, and they play pickup with each other, and it's just to get teams, the team associated with each other, and basically the team to be affiliated with each other. And but nobody will say one word of Russ inviting his teammates out to Los Angeles and playing pickup with them and creating team chemistry. Yep, I'm with you. That's lame. Yep. I, but anyways, I, I did enjoy watching that video and seeing Burton though, uh, and I kind of I'm kind of with you guys on he has a chance to actually like play a bit on this team. And I think part of that is just because like Burton's game is so loud and like so aggressive, you know, whereas like Abrinas and Ferguson and what we saw from TLC is is more of like a smooth, like fluid game. I, I feel like Burton's got more of a, a Westbrook type game to him. You know, it's just it's a very, very yeah. aggressive type of way to play basketball. Very ferocious. Very. Yep. That's a good way to point it. You know, he puts his head down and just drives to the basket. Yeah. yeah. And he uses that athletic. athleticism like he, he wants his game to be very loud, you know, yep. and and to his defense, it is. So there was a NBA kind of a kind of NBA basketball game played yesterday. It was the world versus Africa. So realistically, on different teams, you had Joel Embiid on Africa. You had Danilo Gallinari on Team World, and you had other guys, uh, Timoth- Timote or Timothy Luau Cabarro. Uh, he played, and he actually had a pretty decent game. But I mean, yeah. we'll talk about TLC in a second. Why the hell was Evan Fournier on Team Africa? He's like the widest boy, and he play he plays for France when they have national teams. Huh. I don't I don't understand why he was, was on a, Team Africa. Yeah, that's a good... I have no a clue. Good, I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Huh. Because they were playing on the court, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Is that Evan Fournier playing for Team Africa? <laughs> huh. I mean, he that's got rid of his bad hair, dude. But anyways, he proceeded to go like 1 of 12, I think, Fournier did. Yeah. But how do you guys feel about Timote? Man, he so looked, he Brett looked good. Brett tweeted out. He, I guess he had 16 points, four rebounds, three assists. And he shot six of 13 from the four and three of eight from the three. And yeah, he you know only had one free throw, but played 21 minutes. I think he had obviously a very solid solid stat line. But Jacob, I think yeah, you're about to get into it. I think you uh you watched him quite a bit. You're really excited about it. Yeah, he like I said earlier, his game's very smooth. Like he handled the ball a lot better than I thought he could. He ran pick and roll multiple times. That team Africa didn't have a point guard, so. TLC ran point a lot for that team when he wasn't Joel Embiid was, which was entertaining. Yep. 
But, I mean, TLC handled the ball well. He ran pick and roll multiple times. He had a few good half-court passes. I think what impressed me more was his passes on the break, really getting those hit-ahead passes. And his stroke looked really nice. Like, it's it's smooth, it's compact, it's fluid. Um, there's not any sort of hitch in it. It seems like he shoots it consistently the same way every time. And that first half, he was like 3 of 4 from 3 or something like that. Like, he was pouring them in. So, it... I'm irrationally high on him now. Like, I, I, he looked very, very good. That's exciting, though. And, and yeah. I know it was an exhibition game. And you, again, you can't take a lot away from this type of stuff. But just from watching the way he played, like, it it got me pretty excited. Like, he looked legit. He looked like he can play that wing spot off the bench for us. And it was it was pretty encouraging to see. I think his offensive skills are better than his defensive skills. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. It, uh, it did seem like he wasn't out of position too awful much, you know. Like he kind of and trying to put a defense together for an exhibition game is like you know also difficult. Like you know, there's not a whole lot of people like planning on like rotating and helping and communicating and like playing that defense on a string. But um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he wasn't out of position too awful much, and he does have like the a decent physical tools to be a uh, average to slightly above That's average a good defender. Point. Right. So on Thunder Buddies this past week had on a reporter that they knew from Philadelphia, who a uh, beat writer over there who covered uh, TLC. And, and that's kind of what's his his only really concern with him was the defense that he sometimes would he'd be get lost and lose his man and would give up some some buckets. But said so that he really has the potential. And he also noted, which I thought was very interesting, that TLC's best stretch of the season was when the Sixers had an injury and he was starting and kind of had a consistent role. And he, he played really well, he said, on both sides of the ball. Um, so coming into OKC, you know, hopefully here soon they'll have a predefined – he'll have a defined role in, in terms of coming off the bench and, and, you know, playing time and minutes and all those things. So if he can kind of find his, his niche, I guess, then uh, hopefully he can really develop on both ends and play well for us. But anyways, I thought that was an interesting um, interesting interview they did with, with that Philly reporter and yeah, kind of something sure. that stood out to me about him. Yeah, that's. I mean, he and he wears a big ass headband, which is cool because his hair is so tall. But I mean, TLC is just another one of those wings. Speaking of, you know, that the Thunder is stockpiling wings. Yep, yep. It's the first time they've done that in a long time, and they're actually stocking the roster with actual NBA players instead of like you don't want to talk bad about Nick Collison, but Nick Collison was an NBA player towards the end of his career. Dakar Johnson's not an NBA player. Uh, Samaj Christian's not an NBA player. You know, Ronnie Price is freaking. Salary just came off the books. And so you had a lot of players, Josh Eustace, Kyle Singler. These guys are not NBA players. So that the fact that you're able to stock this roster with NBA wings, stock the roster with guys that you're hopeful about and not have any dead weight, it's going to be really, really helpful. Let's say Tap Robertson isn't healthy to start the season. I expect either Terrence Ferguson or uh, TLC to step in his, in his stead because talking about – Abdel Nader's contract is now guaranteed. He will likely be with the team. He's kind of like a weird. He's got he's got a weird body. Like he plays. He's probably going to play a stretch four a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. but he's not like very tall though, is he? It's like no, six, he's six. not. Yeah, so he's he's like a stretch four, but he's six six. He's thick. He's kind of slow footed, but he can shoot the three. He used in his highlights. He blocks shots coming from behind. So the guy's kind of an awkward fit, but it's another wing that OKC is hoping to stick out there. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, I think you nailed it on the head. You know, they're filling the end of the roster with these guys that have potential and can make an impact in the league compared to guys that just like physically are unable to, you know, like, right. Like you said, like Dakari Johnson, like seems like a solid guy, you know, nothing personal against Dakari, just his skill set, his athleticism or lack thereof just isn't an NBA quality in today's league. You know, if this was 1993, Dakari Johnson would have like a legit shot at, you know, being, being a, a solid like 15 minute a night backup center. But yep. in this era of like hyper athleticism on the basketball court and just having lots of switchability, you can't have guys like that. So filling the back end with these type of guys with the Naders and the, and the big hams and uh, the TLCs, you know, you're at least giving yourself a chance for one of those guys to pan out and you get like a quality rotation player. Got Naders and big pieces of ham in Oklahoma. <laughs> sounds like a normal spring day yeah so anyways what's going on with andrews and matoko yeah so we've mentioned it on a few podcasts before but we are teaming up with the newest local thunder apparel line called motoko it's ran by our guy andrew martin andrew also runs he he is from tulsa he's a tulsan uh, up in taylor's neck of the woods and he runs this thing out of his garage. He also uh, has a, a local kind of coffee brew that he makes. He's got another local shirt company called Passive Juice Motel. And he's he's just a hardworking dude, local, um, just trying to make a name for himself. And he has teamed up with us this year. We're going to collaborate to make some awesome Thunder-inspired shirts that are blended with pop culture. And we're really excited to be teaming up with him. We've got some awesome shirt ideas each shirt that he's making is printed on Bella canvas shirts, which are like crazy soft and comfortable. They're the, they are those really, really nice shirts that that T-shirt in your closet that you always love to put on because it's so comfy. That's the type of material he's using for these sheet these shirts. Um, so not only are they awesome looking, but they're super cozy. The website. Uh, he's got it all set up, and it will officially launch later this week. It's Motoko, M-O-T-O-K-O, Motoko.space. And if you log on later on this week, be on the lookout on our Twitter and Andrew's Twitter at Passive Juice uh, for the official site launch. And once it officially goes live on day one, we will have the Dennis the Menace print up ready for you to purchase. We're also going to have some it looks other sharp. Too. Yeah, we're excited. We also have some other shirts that some other prints that should be available for pre-order. Uh, he sent us a preview of one today, and I think uh, we can all attest it's it's pretty awesome looking. It's also very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It'll be fun. We're excited. Uh, a, a single shirt or multiple shirts plus shipping will only cost you about 20 bucks per shirt. The shirts are going to be about 15 to 17 dollars. The shipping, you can get it right to your doorstep for about 20 bucks. These awesome thunder shirts. We're actually also thinking about doing a an official launch party maybe closer to the beginning of the season where people can get their pre-ordered shirts, pick up other prints at the party, hang out, get some food, maybe during one of the preseason games. So be on the lookout for that in the future. But make sure you follow Andrew at Passive Juice on Twitter. And make sure you're on the lookout for the official launch of the website. Again, it's motoko.space. 
There's going to be some awesome Thunder shirts, super cozy Thunder shirts. You can get all your Thunder swag together and ready for the season before we actually tip off later here in October. So we're really excited to be teaming up with him. Sam Decker is going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just saw that. I'm wondering, Woe just dropped a tweet. I'm wondering who uh, they're going to be sending back. Very interesting. All right. I always called perfect Sam timing Pecker. for around the association. Yeah, I always <laughs> called him Sam Pecker because that was my uh, my fantasy team league name last year. So, anyways, yeah, around the association. That's Taylor. awesome. All around the world. Bring it around Bring it around Yeah. So obviously there's that. Uh, we will keep you guys updated with the next Woj tweet to see who Cleveland is going to be sending back. Because that's really interesting. I think that could be a decent fit for Cleveland and Sam. Uh, but the first thing we have here is the NBA win totals for each team via bet online have been released. Uh, there's quite a few interesting ones. Uh, just some ones that kind of stood out to me, and I'll get your guys' opinions. You know, Obviously we had the Warriors at 65 and a half wins. If I had, if I was forced with a gun to my head to make a bet on this, you know, I'd probably stay put. But if I was forced to, I would probably go with the under here. Just thinking, you know, how they kind of struggled last season, almost got bored. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little lower than that, but we'll see. Um, I think they obviously have the potential to do to do so. To to jump in on this, um, I'm with you as well. If if I had the money to bet, I would bet the under on that 65 and a half for the Warriors, and a big yep. reason for that is because what Kamir and I discussed whenever we went and he uh, fulfilled his uh, his bet for Bobos to me last night. It was, it was a pretty good Bobos. Oh, there you go. Um, but, and I'll let Kamir touch on this a little bit. But the Warriors' lack of, of size. Kamir, do you want to touch on that a bit? Yeah, they're, like, they're centers or they're big men. They've got Jonas uh, Jonas Jerebko. They have Kevon, Kevon Looney. They, they have Jordan Bell. And that's really... It, unless you plan to play KD at the four and at the five sometimes, they have a lack of big men because last year they were talking on the roster they had too many big men. Now it's a severe lack of big men. Yeah, because Boogie's not going to be able to go. We, we've heard some people say until the All-Star break. February, yeah. You know, so their, their lack of a big man, I think, is is going to cause them some issues. Like Kavon Looney trying to guard Adams like on the break and in the post and keep him off the offensive glass. Like... You know, I agree. Adams is going to eat I think against that's a that, good point. So, yeah, that's a it's a big advantage that the Thunder have against a team like the Warriors. I'm, I agree. Uh, so yeah, and, and just that on top of it, apparently there was drama in the locker room, and, and nobody really knows much about that other than what was said after they won the championship. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's lower uh, than than what they have predicted. Another one that's really high is, is the next one on the list: Houston Rockets, like sixteen and a half wins. Uh, we can attest from Under. personal experience. Yeah, that that. Maybe under. under due to a certain someone who still hasn't signed, by the way, with them. But maybe they, maybe he will soon. So one of the, one of the reasons why the Houston Rockets were so good last year was not only just because they did set a rec- another a record for offensive efficiency. That's true, and but they were able to also sustain their success when Chris Paul or James Harden went out because. Yep. They a had that you know they had Eric Gordon they have a lot of offensive firepower and it was really efficient but at the same time 
they also had a top five defense in the NBA because Luke Mbamute was there. Yeah, you have a defensive wing and Trevor Ariza was there. So now both of these guys are gone. And you replace him with Carmelo Anthony, who is going to be in the same exact role as he is as he was in OKC. There's no way they're going to give him that ball for, for you know, the, the Rockets have always been three or layup. There's no way you're going to say, hey, you can't hang out around the top of the key. You have to be in the corner. And he's it's the same exact role. And the idea that Chris Paul is going to somehow work his magic on him and say, oh, no, it's fine, even though it's the same shit that he did in Oklahoma City, it's not going to work out. And yeah. plus, I mean, I just can see OKC switching on to him just like every other team in the NBA did and just running right by him every single time. So they, they took a massive hit as far as their defense is concerned. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to put him at the four, and who's who's the three? P.J. Tucker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think so. It's, it's bad news, man. Yeah, I agree. They're gonna have to play Tucker out of position a lot this year because of that. And then Capella's gonna have a much bigger uh, assignment when it comes to protecting the rim and having to cover up for everybody. Yeah, up for the yeah, right. And the so. Golden State Warriors, I think six under is under sixty five because they're gonna learn how to play one way for literally over half a season, and then Boogie's gonna come back. He's probably gonna be a little rusty, and Boogie's not a guy that doesn't require touches he requires touches to be effective yeah so you know there's gonna be that there's gonna be yeah there's gonna be a dynamic that is gonna be inserted once he actually comes into the lineup so there could i don't i don't expect him to get angry i don't expect you know him to be as volatile in the past like he has been i think that's kind of a i think that's kind of a stupid thing because he was in sacramento you didn't hear any of that in in new orleans right so i think oh it'll be fine because they're gonna be winning games and he's gonna be happy as shit on the bench but, I mean, he requires touches. He's going to change the dynamic and the fluidity of that team and he's, and because they're going to play small ball the entire year, right? And next thing you know, you're going to have Draymond on the court with Boogie that's going to slow them down, and they're not going to want to play that slow. Yep. So I'm curious to see what it does for the team dynamic. And I don't know who came up with this list. Who came up with this list as far as the over and under wins? Bet online. Yeah. Oh my I, uh, God! The Lakers at fifty wins and the Thunder at like what was? Uh, let's see, Thunder at Thunder forty-seven and a half. Forty-seven and a half. I mean, that's they have them under the Seventy Sixers, under the Raptors, under the Lakers. Like you just mentioned, Kamiar. Celtics makes sense. Rockets, sure, maybe, um, and the Warriors make sense. But man, I mean, and the bo- the Bucks right under them at forty-five and a half. Well, so I, I can understand. I can understand the Raptors, the Seventy Sixers, and the Bucks being right there with the Thunder. Because those are Eastern yeah, Conference the East. teams. They're going to play a lot of nobodies. I mean, their their rock, their schedules are lined up playing like Orlando and Chicago and Atlanta and Detroit. Ugh, you know, that's so bad. Whereas the Thunder is going to yeah. be playing the Rockets, the Warriors, uh, the Blazers. You know, the, the Thunder is going to have a stiffer competition because the West, you know, West teams play more West teams. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, the yeah. Lakers will be playing the Warriors. The Warriors four times a year. We're playing the Clippers four times a year. Who else is in that division? Sacramento and Phoenix. Okay, well, Phoenix, I mean, yeah. but still, you're in the same you're in the same division as the Warriors and the Clippers. The Clippers aren't going to suck, guys. They're going to yeah. be pretty formidable. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm curious to see what they get back from Cleveland. But anyways, the, the Lakers at 50 wins. 
just because they have Braun and like Lance Stevenson, Rondo, and then you have the ball, ball, you have Ingram, you have Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma. I mean, Josh Hart, cool. I'm glad you stockpiled Braun, a couple of like Rondo who, do, who can't shoot, uh, Lance Stevenson who also can't really shoot that much unless he's at the rim, along with your small rookie pieces. But man, like, it's, it's that's not a recipe for 50 wins in the West. I agree. Yep. I agree. So I speaking think... of the oh, sorry, go ahead. Speaking of the Clippers, I uh, Woj just tweeted out just a little update on the Decker deal. Sounds like it's just going to be a roster clearing move for the Clippers, and then just an opportunity for Decker to get some more minutes with Cavs. So nothing too major here. Yep. Anyways, um, <laughs> also on this list, you know, we have they have Portland at forty one and a half. Clippers at 42.5, Pelicans at 42.5, Timberwolves at 42.5, Spurs at 42.5, Nuggets at 43, Jazz at 44.5. 44.5, yeah. So we have, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven Western Conference teams all within like three games. Maybe even, yeah, like half games. And and so, yeah, I think that's that's just crazy. If you break this down and look at who they're projecting to be the top eight in each conference. For the West, we have a three-way tie for the eighth seed at the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and the Clippers fighting for that last playoff spot. It would go Golden State, Houston, Lakers, Thunder, Jazz, Nuggets, Spurs, and then that three-way tie, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Clippers. And... um, you know, Lakers that high just seems crazy to me. I mean, I get it, LeBron James, but there's yeah. just in the West with the you know we talked about in our previous podcast about the players that they've surrounded LeBron with in LA for this coming season. I just I don't see that at all. But maybe I'm wrong. For sure. I don't know. So I, just, so I just think the the back end of the playoff picture for the West is just going to be insane. Kind of like what it was last year, you know, where it came down to like literally the last game of the season for seeding. Like, yeah. I, I think 10 through 6 is just going to be wild in the West this year. I agree. 10 through 5, honestly. like, yeah. Some people have Utah as the second-rated team in the West. I saw that. The ESPN thing that dropped here a couple yep. days ago, that was – I mean, not nothing against Utah, but just that list in general was pretty pretty poor. Yeah, it was uh, that list was pretty crazy. If for it was it was clickbait. I think that's a good way to put it for yes, sure. Then so in the East, this would uh, this would turn out with Boston with the one seed, Toronto at the two, Philly at the three, Milwaukee four, Pacers five, Washington at six, uh, Heat at seven, and Pistons rounding it out at eight. So I think that makes some sense to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I like it's, that. it's much more easy to predict yep. for sure with LeBron out. So. And it, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting list. Uh, but speaking of sports gambling and betting lines, the league signed a partnership with MGM for betting sponsorship. They announced it earlier this week. Uh, we, we talked about it S3, a little bit before we started recording. Uh, one thing that I that really kind of stood out to me, I was listening to a podcast with Woes and, uh, Woj and uh, Cassidy Hubbard, and he brought somebody else on as well. And he brought up a really interesting point. You know, How will this affect fans' interactions with players you know, via social media, even during the game, because you're going to have these fans, right, who are putting money on either this player or this team, thousands of dollars in some cases, and you know they could go and mess that up. For example, like J.R. Smith with the with a boneheaded move in the last minute of Game One of the 
NBA Finals. Oh my gosh! So Could you imagine if sports them just, gambling was legal and J.R. Smith oh, did that? I mean, there, he would. There would have been. He would have been on a hit list of many people, which is really bad to say, but you know, like it could get, it, it's definitely going to change the way uh, fans interact with the sport and in, interact with players and teams. Um, so how, how would legalization of sports gambling affect like the salary cap moving forward? How will it affect fan interaction? What's your guys' view on this whole thing? Come on, let's go make the cap. Yeah, it's going to make the cap go up. Uh, it's a lot of money to be made, a lot of, lots of money everywhere. Yep. And there's more chances for point shaving. People are now going to accuse That's Russell Westbrook of point shaving when he has bad and nights. referees. Like yep. the refs are going to be more involved Man, in this. Uh, one fans super with interesting the thing that Woj mentioned on the podcast that I had no clue about was you know like the referees are going to be a big part of this. You know because the uh, the league years ago had that issue with point shaving and whatnot with that yep. one ref. But right. um, I didn't know this. The league front office has access to like monitor the refs banking accounts to see oh, if like wow. see if their um their, their lifestyle <laughs> changes you know if they move like to a really odd, big house. like an like an odd sum of money gets transferred to their account after a game or two yeah right like, basically like they have like this crazy amount of oversight into like the refs personal and financial lives to make sure that that there's no shady business going on and I just I found that like really really interesting, and apparently that is. the refs like the 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 people really like that, like that they, they like that there's this oversight and there's this like accountability to make sure that everybody is like being honest and trustworthy and uh, really doing their job how they're supposed to. I just found that like super interesting. But yeah, there's gonna be, I mean, the way that information is shared, you know, like. It, will this affect the way like Woj and Shams tweet stuff and break news? Because breaking news can can alter a, a betting line, you know. Yeah, and so absolutely. Just, all this stuff is going to be like super interesting on how it changes. But yeah, I'm with Kamiar as well. Like the cap change is going to be interesting because it's and see that's the thing with the, the TV deal, right? With, with the TV deal, you had to set them out, and so you're able. They were able to predict you know just how much or at least a ballpark estimate on how much salary cap is going to go up but with this there's we really have no clue so it could you know gradually go up it could go just spike one season and then gradually go up from there you really have no idea so i thought that all was i know is then, if it spikes they better smooth that shit out or yeah. i'm gonna be pissed and keep it away from golden state yeah no kidding um and then another thing i think that you brought up jacob that's really interesting we talked about this before we started recording is the whole idea that you know, you're going to have coaches who are going to maybe have to, you know, Russell Westbrook's going to be sitting and Billy's going to have to release that at one o'clock instead of 30 minutes before tip off. So when we're playing, you know, the Warriors, uh, Steve Kerr is going to know that and have time for, you know, much more preparation time compared to if, if they find out that, you know, Russell Westbrook's sitting 30 minutes before your tip off. So that's that's going to affect a lot as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns, uh, a lot of interesting things can can happen from this so yeah you guys have any more thoughts yeah <laughs> uh, so i'm good yeah so another big thing that happened this past week was really cool uh, lebron opened that school in akron for some uh kids that they, they're gonna get like new bikes books um, obviously resources and transportation and then uh, they're gonna get some paid for if they make it through high school uh 
at Akron University. Just a really cool deal. I, I think there's going to be like even some opportunity for parents to be able to go back and get their high school diplomas. And yeah, they're going to have really, like really a, cool like adult services where they can find jobs and stuff too. It's a yeah, wow. it's totally awesome thing that LeBron is doing. There's we're not going to touch on the political aspect of it because I think all three of us have some. Boo! <laughs> there you go. That that's all of our uh, opinions on this. But um, yep. Awesome thing that LeBron is doing, you know, funneling all this money back into his community to kids that go, are going through the same the same plight, the same struggles that he did as a child, and trying to uh, to better his community through education. And uh, it's awesome, you know. Hats off to LeBron James. He's um, for as incredible of a basketball player he is. Uh, I think it's it's pretty fair to say he's even a better human being. And uh, that's, I agree. That's pretty hard. That's really to good point. Very good point. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's fun. So next I have, and I could have put this under uh, our Thunder section, but the Celtics signed P.J. Dozier to a two-way contract that eliminates another two-way you know, potential candidate for the Thunder. What do you guys think this means for the Thunder and players like Harvey and, or Herbie and Hall? Harvey and Hull. Instead yeah, of Harvey I, was, and Hull. I was really ah. hoping that OKC would do the two-way with P.J. Dozier and I was really hoping that they would get rid of Daniel Hamilton. So they, they did one of those two things. Yeah, I'm but, with you on that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, good for the Celtics to get this guy who's long and lanky. He'll play like two or three. And But Hervey and Hall, again, I'm not big on Hervey. The guy, like, he can't play defense. He has two broken knees. Uh, you know, you, you just wish. You probably put Hall, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it at all, to be honest. Yep. Just, just don't like it. I mean, another possibility, like we mentioned, is Burton gets bumped up to a guaranteed contract, and then, you know, you have two two-way two uh, contracts available. So, you can go both um, I, just had, yeah. I just had this epiphany, guys. You <laughs> you bump uh, Burton, DeAndre Burton, up to the, the official roster. You okay. give Hervey and Hall both the two-way deals. And then since they're yeah. on two-way deals – we make a parody song to Bad and Bougie called Hall and Hervey. <laughs> and then we post it, and then our podcast goes viral, and we all become millionaires. That's, the, love white, that's the whitest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Maybe, but it'll work. It'll work. Uh, I'm in. Let's hope it happens. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> not going to get his royalty checks in. That's okay. I'll take him. I'll just take your – never mind. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> never mind. I'll stop. Uh, so the last thing I have here, there's a rumor that uh, came up a couple days ago that opening night on TNT, October 16th, may very well consist of Sixers versus Celtics followed by Warriors versus Thunder. That would I be don't want to pretty... watch the Warriors get their <laughs> rings. Yeah, I want to see Russell Westbrook walk up there and slap the ring out of Kevin Durant's hand and call him a little bitch. (laughs) See, there's a lot of potential. We that could either be a really, really good night for us, or it could be a a loss to start start the season. So, or kind of indifferent on that. (laughs) Oh and one, (laughs) oh and one. Or I want us to play that game and then beat the Warriors, and Russell Westbrook pull a Baker Mayfield and grab his nutsack in front of all of Oracle Arena. In the middle of the court, and then 
Yeah, and then really pull his nutsack out and drag it across the Warriors logo. <laughs> yes. Something wrong with you. Hey, something that me, we it didn't... It makes me think of that little kid that when they had pictures of PG, Russ, and Steven Adams, and they were like kids and teenagers, and there's that picture of Steven Adams with this shirt that says, protect your nuts. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't heed his own advice, did he? Oh. <laughs> got kicked in the ball. Something we could have thrown in, uh, talking about Russ's nuts... Uh, something we could have put in the Thunder as <laughs> a whole is that Nina Westbrook is pregnant again. That's true. We're going to have oh my a God. straight Westbrook from 3.0. straight from Russ's testicles Stop. is coming another <laughs> Westbrook baby. Oh, my God. The royal bloodline. The royal bloodline. The royal nut. But, hey, that's something to say <laughs> that uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George are in similar life situations where they're both going to have two kids. They're going to be married. They're going to be settled down. Whereas you have Kevin Durant still probably getting with, I don't know, white girls or something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, Kevin Durant's still a bachelor. He's still not married. So maybe that lifestyle doesn't suit him yet until he comes back to the Thunder. Stop. Get off the podcast, <laughs> Sounded Justin. like Justin. Yeah. You know, wasn't it Chris Mannix that said, uh, I wouldn't rule it out? He'd take a serious long look at OKC after the season. Yeah. And so was Royce Young and everybody else. So just just saying, maybe it settles down and joins the the Thunder Dad Party. Hey, there you go. How many Thunder players are dads? Russ, P, Dre isn't a dad, although I bet he wants to be a dad to Rachel Demida. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adams uh, isn't a Nick, dad that Nick we Carlson know of. Was. Nick is a dad. Is Ray a dad? Is. Does Ray have any kids? Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray's got to be a dad. He's a dad. He looks like a dad. He's, he's got, even got dad. the dad bod. He's yeah. got dad bod. Uh, Brain has just got married, but he's not a dad yet. Ferg's not a dad. Schroeder's not, not a dad. Singler not a dad. God, could you imagine Singler oh, being your dad? Wait, 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 wait. Ferguson's a dad. His his lady's pregnant. Oh yeah, I forgot oh. about that. But Dude, he's, he's making millions of dollars and he can't buy a condom. He may not be on the <laughs> team much longer, anyways. So I just, uh, I'm just gonna stamp it on that. Hot take. Could you imagine yeah. if Singler was your dad? Sorry, son. I gotta <laughs> go to the float tank. Be back later. Do your homework. Uh, we'll go on a hike a, that later. That would be you're a <laughs> dad. <laughs> 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 Dad, why do all the kids at school say you're a little bitch? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that'd we be very impressive. We gotta, we gotta move on, man. <laughs> we gotta... <laughs> Twitter questions. Alright, man. So, we're gonna do some Twitter questions, and this is right out the gate my favorite at, and I know Jake's probably gonna bleep it, and that's fine, but this is a question from F*** you Fallon. At you, Fallon, actually. Who do you think will have a bigger year? Deontay Burton or Big Ham Diallo? What do you think, Taylor? I'm going to go ahead and say Burton. I think just because I think he's going to maybe get a, a little more playing time. Um, kind of just from what we've been predicting and talking about on this pod. Uh, I think specifically this season, Burton, long term, obviously, I, I'm thinking Diallo. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Burton get a little more minutes this season compared to Diallo. I'm going to say Diallo because you said Burton. 
That's hey, that's fair. Bert, unless they bump Burton up, he's limited to like 45 days on that two-way with the with the big team. Yeah. So yeah. Diallo's gonna have more opportunities. Thus, he'll get more playing time. Thus, he'll be a better player. I I will say Burton, but I'm non-committal because Diallo is actually on the roster. So that's a good yeah. That's a really good point. The next question comes from Edgar R. Erickson one. He says, what are your Thunder predictions this year? And who, we've answered this question a thousand times, but who out of the rookies will have a breakout year? So just give me some random Thunder predictions. The Thunder um, will be the three seed in the West. Uh, oh, there you go. Actually, I, I, I like them at three also. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ferguson and Diallo. Uh, yeah, I, I can see where Burton or Diallo, whichever one of them ends up having the most minutes, gets more minutes than Ferguson. Oh, that's kind of a hot take. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta stop typing Slack. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, Nick. Thunder predictions for this year. I'm gonna say that Paul George uh, averages 26 a game. Okay, I'm sure I'm, I don't think that's really a prediction as much as it is that just needs to happen for them to win. But I will say <laughs> a, a trade centered around Kyle Singler and either Abrinas or Ferguson will happen. And then I'll also say that, let's see, Dennis Schroeder will average 14 and 5. Ooh, that's nice. That is nice. I like that. That's my that, that that's my thunder predictions. And as far as rookies for a breakout year, I mean, I mean they're all second rounders. So what do you expect? Burton? Yeah. Hamadou Diallo. I'm still going Hamadou Diallo. Big Ham. I like Big Ham. All right. I hope he I hope he has a breakout year. Next question from at Drinking Tea. Apparently, Taylor, do you watch Westworld? I do, I do. Nick uh, kind of talked me into it here, uh, this, I guess, this past spring. And so I started watching before the second season came out. Um, I started watching with some coworkers, uh, just kind of, you know, they go back and watch it. We talk about it, we're whatever at work, and I, I'm in. I love Westworld. Oh, well, I know Jake watches Westworld because I see that shit on my TV that he's been <laughs> watching it. So who wants, well, he wants to know our thoughts on Westworld now that Jacob started watching it. I don't watch Westworld, so I don't care. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's it is so crazy. Blowing my mind. I am. I I need to watch the season finale of season one. That's that's next on the list. Oh man, that's and, such a great episode. And so I am ready for it. I'm mentally preparing myself, but ready for spaghetti. Ready for spaghetti. <laughs> I that was it like episode seven or eight when that first bombshell drops. I was like, holy sh! This is awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it's uh, I've enjoyed it, man. It's good. It's a good show. So season season two gets a little complicated because without giving away like uh, any spoilers, there's like multiple timelines going again, uh, and it, it gets really confusing. So I actually like had to join like a Reddit a, a subreddit of like 
host world or west world or something like that where they like were posting timelines and it kind of helped me after each episode to go back and see the up- updated timeline kind of helped me get through season two but once like the big reveal at the end of season two all come you kind of see how it all comes together and i thought it was it was awesome and and up there with season one for sure but like you said jacob you just can't get past those those big reveals in season one i mean it just it was pretty crazy for sure but it, it, I'll put it this way: it definitely helped me get through this long drought of Game of Thrones. Yes. For the yeah. So, Drinking T does have another question. He says, "Everyone's predictions for the end of Game of Thrones. Mine is that Danny dies during boat sex after <laughs> defeating the North Koreans. No, that's probably the Night King. Danny <laughs> dies during <laughs> childbirth, which was boat sex, and after defeating the Night King or North Korea." John becomes a recluse and lives the rest of his life out beyond the non-existent wall. Would love him to sit on the Iron Throne, or as the British would say, Iron Throne, but it's out of character. What are you guys' uh, predictions? It's a fair prediction. Uh, and I, I've heard so much about this Danny dies in childbirth that it's to the point now I'm almost like getting annoyed by it. <laughs> but I honestly, I think they're both going to make it to the end. Um, I think they're going to be ruling. I think it's going to be John and Danny uh, with Tyrion as kind of like their their hand of the king and queen, and they're going to be ruling over a a rebuilding Westeros after the Night King comes through and you know the the big battle, the impending battle that's coming this next season, and uh, they're kind of going to be rulers of the ashes in a sense, and they're going to have to rebuild it and, and all that. And I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to die. I think they're both going to make it surprisingly. That is like the happiest George R. R. Martin take I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes. Well, but it's bittersweet though, right? Because Westeros is in ashes and shambles, and nobody all the gives other a shit. They're gonna die. That's a happy <laughs> ending. Here's That's the real fair. John and Danny make it. You want to know what's really gonna happen? Here you go. I'm about to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> John's piping up his aunt right now on the boat. She gonna yeah, get yeah. pregnant. Yep. Yeah. The kid's either going to come out real f***ed up because it's like an incest baby. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> or Danny. Danny's going to die. Okay. John is going to fight the Night King. He is yep. going to die in the fight of the Night King. And my man, the best guy on the show, the Hound, Sir Gregor McLean, is going to finish off the Night King. And he is the true, uh, the true no, what, hero. What? Pump the brakes here, buddy. <laughs> okay. And then Gendry is going to finally marry Arya, <laughs> and Gendry, being the um, the true son of Robert Baratheon, is going to sit on the Iron Throne with Arya at his side, and the whole Targaryen, um, like chance to reclaim the throne is going to fall short and uh, the usurper baratheons will continue to rule westeros that is bold i'm just letting you know any any thunder fan that doesn't like game of thrones has already turned off the podcast by now that's okay (laughs) that's fair i'll I'll do it quick and sweet so that's the way i like it that's weird uh danny is gonna end up winning whatever she wants and she's gonna end up giving childbirth and she's gonna end up ruling over the kingdoms yes but it'll be bittersweet because Jon Snow is gonna end up himself after defeating the Night King becoming the Night King Ooh. and you have to leave Danny. Ah, and he goes back to the uh, other side of the wall 
Yeah, and guys, okay. guess what? Guess what I did? What'd what? You do? I read spoilers. Oh my ah, god, I hate you. you. Predictions. Another prediction. <laughs> Brand's gonna walk again. Yeah. He's gonna so. warge into uh, Regal or whatever and yeah, he's, he's gonna warg. Yeah, he's gonna warg into one of the dragons. We've spent way too much time talking about Game of Thrones. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, we have. Move. We have. Move on. At Chris Vez, he wants us to rank the West, but we're basically already doing that in the around the association because somebody can't write this. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So uh, good we job. <laughs> Yeah, we've already. Well, do have we ranked the West? <laughs> Let's do it real fast. Number one. Okay. Warriors. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Number two. two. Rockets. Rockets. I'm going Rockets as I well. I like. I like Rockets there. Yep. Number I three. Like three. Thunder. The. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's close. Taylor. It is. Are you it's okay be with close. That? I'm. I'm going. Yep. I'm going Thunder at three. Number four. I like Utah. I'm going Utah as well. I like Utah, Utah well. or Denver. Number oh, yeah. Number five. Denver or Utah. I like Denver there. Okay, we can do that. Man, number number six. So tough. Number six. Minnesota. Minnesota. Ooh, I'm going the Lakers. Oh, okay. There, yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, I, could, I was, could even see Portland getting in there. Number seven. Lakers. Yeah, if I, if I go Portland at six, I'll say Lakers at seven. Okay, I'm going Minnesota here. Number eight. Spurs. I like Spurs. I'm going to go Spurs go. over over Portland. Portland's not going to make it. Ooh, so Portland okay. and – I told you New Orleans isn't making it. Yeah, none yeah. of us took New Portland Orleans, man. Wow. True. Told you. told you. Told you. All right, moving on. Darian Hauser. Darian underscore Hauser or Darian underscore Hauser. Where do you see Timote Luau Carabo in the lineup? Do you think Big Ham or Ferg should receive more playing time first? What do you think, Taylor? Uh, I definitely think Ferguson will get the playing time first. But as me and Jacob talked about in the last podcast, I definitely can see where TLC would come in as uh, the backup small forward uh, and place for PG. So Ferguson will probably end up getting more minutes to begin with. But I definitely see where TLC will come off the bench right off the bat and and contribute over some of these younger guys. So, um, yeah, I see him being a second string, kind of that backup small forward. And uh, I'm really excited to see what he can can bring, particularly like we talked about the uh, Africa game and how, how he played. So. That's what I got. Same, 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 same. Sounds good to me. All right, we're at an hour and 15 minutes. This is a long podcast. <laughs> was a long podcast. If you're still listening after the Game of Thrones thing, I appreciate you. Yes. Very much. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, uh, if you didn't enjoy the Game of Thrones stuff, just like don't don't leave us a bad review. Just go leave us a five-star <laughs> review anyways. Uh, on iTunes. That would be awesome. We're like at 46, and I keep saying we want to get to 50. So get us to 50. That would be awesome. Um, you can also write a review on I- iTunes. You can say, like, we're awesome, or Jacob's awesome, or um, where the hell is Nick, because none of us really know. Um, but leave <laughs> us a review. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Make sure you follow Andrew at Passive Juice on Twitter. 
uh, Instagram. He's at Passive Juice Motel. The new website will be up. Motoko, M-O-T-O-K-O dot, what was it again? Dot shop dot, dot something. Dot space. <laughs> there it is. Dot that, space, that's yeah. awesome podcasting. Motoko <laughs> dot space. Um, we're going to have the Dennis the Menace shirt up. We'll have some other prints up. You can pre-order them. It's going to be awesome. Check out our website at the uncontested sports.com. Articles, bios, podcasts, other cool stuff. Kamiar is uh, very, very enthusiastically writing in the Google Doc right now that I need to mention the Discord. So we have a Discord. We are going to drop more invites. So make sure you get in the Discord. Talk with us. It's been a really fun time in the Discord. We've had a really good time talking with you guys. Um, we're going to have the, uh, the the prints that Motoko is dropping in the Discord soon. Um, so make sure you get in on that. It's going to be awesome. Also, make sure you follow these guys. Kamiar is at BoomtownRW. Taylor is at Taylor score un- Taylor underscore <laughs> Taylor score <laughs> Taylor underscore P15. Kamiar is just continually writing Jackie Chan. Um, I don't know why, but Jackie Chan is pretty awesome. I watched Rush Hour 2 the other day. It's a really good movie. Um, I go. am at Thundermob405. Not Jackie Chan405. Um, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Thunder up. Jackie Chan! <laughs>